Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. Personally, I think that those people who have gone on before us are probably aware of what we're dealing with day to day. They're probably there cheering us on. The Bible says that Jesus himself is right now seated at the right hand of God the Father, making intercession for you and me. He's aware. He's praying for us. I believe the others are too. Throughout church history, there have been countless speculations and theories regarding those who've died in the faith before us. From praying saints to watching us from above, it's quite the interesting topic. In today's message, Pastor Robert will teach you that just as our Lord is praying on our behalf before the Father, so too are those who've finished the race ahead of us. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. Hebrews chapter 12. You know, one of my favorite movies of all time is Chariots of Fire. I think it's like 1981, but it's the story of the Scottish... Olympian, Eric Little. And um, here lately I've been reminded again of, of his incredible story of integrity and, uh, and faith. He was a son of missionaries. He actually grew up on the mission field in China. Then when he was a young teenager, his family you know, brought him back to Great Britain for him to study and go to school and every everything, and, um, and he proved to be an incredible athlete. He, he excelled in, in several different sports, but especially as a runner. At the 1924 Paris Olympics, he stunned the whole world because he refused to run in his signature event, which was the 100-meter sprint. And because they were holding that event on, on Sunday, and refused to adjust it or, or move it or anything, he refused to participate in it. He, he, he had a personal conviction about doing anything on Sunday that wasn't directly honoring to God. And, and he, on that day, he intended to be in church, and so he refused to run that race. Instead, he signed up for the 400-meter, much longer race, and... Uh, he trained for it, he, contrary to what the movie says. He had a little bit of time, and, and he, he prepared for it. But he stunned people again because when he started out on that 400-meter run, he started out at a sprint. 
And people said, oh, he'll, at the 300-yard mark, this guy will be dead. He'll pass out. There's no way he can keep up that pace. But he did. And not only did he finish the 400, he won the 400 at the Paris Olympics. But the thing is, nobody would ever have remembered Eric Little. None of us knows anybody else who participated in the 1924 Olympics in Paris. The only reason we know anything about this guy, and the only reason that books were written or that a movie was made, was the fact that he put his faith, his personal convictions, above achievement, above fame. Eric Little went on to serve as a missionary back in China, where his parents were, where he grew up. And he died young in a Japanese concentration camp in China during World War II. This is a fascinating story. I, I would guess that maybe Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, might have been a favorite passage of Eric Little's. It, it, it says, Hebrews 12, 1, Therefore we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You never know it to look at me now, but in high school I was a sprinter. My school didn't have a big emphasis on it. I never got much coaching as a result of that, but I placed well enough at a couple of regional track and field events to qualify for the state track meet two years in a row. The first year, I showed up in old-fashioned tennis shoes and cut-off jeans. I didn't know anything about track shoes or the little lightweight running shorts until I showed up and looked around and everybody else was wearing those things. Okay. My coach at that point teased me a little bit and gave me a hard time about the fact that I was going to try to compete in blue jeans, wasn't going to work out real well. You know, I wonder if maybe the Apostle Paul might have enjoyed sports a little bit because he often uses sports analogies in these letters. In this passage, he writes about running. I think the Olympic Games may have been on his mind. It seems he was thinking about marathon runners, long-distance runners, who needed great endurance. And he says several things in these first two verses of chapter 12 that we need to think about and take to heart as they apply to living the Christian life, running this marathon that we're all involved. The first thing that he says I want to look at is that we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. It's an interesting turn of phrase there. Surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. You know, in chapter 11, he lists all these different people, right? Abraham and Samson and Rahab and Sarah and, you know, all all these men and women of faith and And now he says we're surrounded by them, as it were. Now, some people argue that he he wasn't really implying that Abraham and David and Gideon and Rahab and Sarah and Samson, those people are actually witnesses to what we're enduring and dealing with right now. That actually what he was saying is that they too, like us, were witnesses to God's glory and to his work in the world. I don't know. In Revelation chapter 6, verse 9 John writes, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony 
which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Now, that tells me that these martyrs who had been killed for their faith were aware of the events that were happening on the earth. And they're crying out to God, how long will you put up with this before you stop it, before you avenge our blood, before you judge evil in the world? Personally, I think that those people who have gone on before us are probably aware of what we're dealing with day to day. They're probably there cheering us on. The Bible says that Jesus himself is right now seated at the right hand of God the Father, making intercession for you and me. He's aware. He's praying for us. I believe the others are too. I remember one race when I was in high school when I was asked to run a relay event that I hadn't trained for, I hadn't signed up for. Because the kid who had trained for it and had signed up for it, he didn't show up that day. And they had three other runners that were ready to run, but they needed a fourth. And so I said, okay, sure, I'll, I'll run it. I'll do the best I can. And I did okay. When I crossed my finish line in that relay, my teammates climbed all over me. They were patting me on the back and giving me high fives. I believe God wants your entrance into heaven to be like that. That when you cross the finish line, everybody's lined up to celebrate your victory. That you made it, that you finished well, that you arrived there. But see, the, the Bible says for that to happen, you have to prepare. It's not automatic. You have to prepare. You, you can't show up like I did with cut-off blue jeans, clunky tennis shoes. No, he says you need to lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. The first idea, every weight, every encumbrance, it's not necessarily sin. In fact, I, I think it's not sin because he refers to that as a, as a weight, as some encumbrance that you know, will, will hinder you in persevering. It will hinder you in being able to run with endurance. And he says, you need to also lay aside the sin that so easily traps us, right? So there's two things he's talking about there. Encumbrance. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. We chase after so much in this world. The best job, the perfect family, the prestige and fame that we think will satisfy. But will it ever be enough? These worldly achievements may seem like exactly what we want, but in the end, we can't take them with us to heaven. These things can also become idols in our lives, becoming more important than our Savior. As we've studied the book of Hebrews, we've been warned that nothing should take the place of Jesus in our lives. Nothing else and no one else will give us lasting satisfaction. Our lives should focus first on the Savior, allowing Him to direct our steps in all things. We are so glad you tuned in today to Main Thing Radio. If you'd like to learn more about this ministry, please visit our website, MainThingRadio.com. Listen to additional teachings by clicking on Podcast and download our mobile app to take Main Thing Radio with you on the go. 
Come and follow our Facebook and Twitter accounts to keep up to date with everything that's happening at Main Thing Radio and Calvary Chapel Miami Beach. Find links to our accounts at our website, MainThingRadio.com. With that, our time with you has come to an end. We hope you'll join us next time as Pastor Robert continues to teach verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Hebrews, right here on Main Thing Radio. Main Thing Radio.